All right, everybody, welcome back to another video here on Financial Friends. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join me for This Week in Finance. This is a video slash podcast series I do here on the channel to discuss everything I found interesting this week in finance. So if you're new to the channel, stick around, hear my opinion, some random kid on the internet talking about finance stuff. But you can go ahead and check back on some of the older videos. Hit like, hit subscribe, join the friend group. Let's go ahead and just dive right into the content. So, Netflix says they're opening a video game studio in Finland. Now, I have been a massive critic of Netflix as of late. Really, kind of everybody has. It's easy to be a critic when things are going bad and stocks are going down, and it's easy to be a bull and be excited about companies when things are going up. But I'm going to give Netflix its flowers. This move has big potential. Video games as a whole is a big industry, People love entertainment. Content is always booming, so to speak. Um, And Netflix has good franchises, you know, Stranger Things and Outer Banks. And um, they have good brands. Now, can they turn those brands into video games? Yes, I think they actually can. And I think they can turn them into successful video games as well. Remember the Kim Kardashian series or game? Do we really think that Kim Kardashian, you could just create an app out of her life and people could play in it and they would like it? Probably not. You can do anything these days and people will buy on and make purchases. Now, I will say Supercell did 1.89 billion euros um, in revenue the year of 2021. Netflix did about 30 billion. So call it 2 billion and 30 billion. That's about a 15x difference. So one over 15 is a fraction. That is pretty much the amount of difference that this could potentially make in Netflix's revenue. Supercell is a massive app developer. Massive. They're mobile first. They're, I think they're mobile only. Um, and they have really good franchises. Now, Netflix could obviously scale above that in time. But when you're trying to kind of compete with the same people um, in the same country as those people and you're trying to garner attention the way that a massive app developer does like Supercell, I feel like 1.89 billion-ish euro dollars um, is probably going to be your cap at least off the rip. And the biggest thing, the biggest knock that I have against Netflix is this. As of August, fewer than 1% of Netflix subscribers were engaging with its games. So you've spent at least at $1.72 million, purchased three game studios over the last year, are creating your own, and 1% of people play your games. That's a disappointing tone in my voice if you're listening. Um, You're either going to have to do one of two things. Make fantastic games that people can't turn away from and can't ignore, or shove it down their throats. I guess we'll find out what it's going to be. Um, But nonetheless, this is an interesting development in the world of streaming and Netflix because if one company branches out and successfully, what do you think is going to happen with the rest? Google, switching topics here. Google CEO Sundar has told employees not to equate fun with money. Essentially, what's going on here is macroeconomic headwinds. Google is facing them just like everybody else's, really globally, I guess, at this point. Um, And they're making some decisions to become more efficient and cut costs. They're doing some of these cutting of the costs um, on the employees. 
reducing travel, reducing holiday parties, basically saying, look, we're going to have to grind this out like we used to. There were some tough questions you could see quoted here in the article related to cuts to travel and entertainment budgets, managing, managing pardon, productivity, potential layoffs. So things that no employee of a massive multi-billion dollar corporation wants to hear when they hear that their company is doing just that, generating multi-billions of dollars. Now, they have, I think, 120-some thousand employees, and so you could see where that would begin to add up relatively quickly, especially when people on the top are making good sums of money. Now, people lower than that are going to get upset when people at the top are making big sums of money. That happens everywhere. But the point being here, Google is trying to navigate a tough time, and they're trying to do so without cutting employees. We're going to continue to see this, and we have seen this um, with some other businesses as well, Meta in particular being one of the bigger ones. This is kind of the news we're going to continue to get as interest rates continue to rise and big CEOs have to make big decisions. Now, speaking of big decisions being made, Apple, this is not the correct one, Apple um, is having to cut back on their production. They assumed that the new iPhone was going to generate massive amounts of demand. That has since faltered, and they're no longer going to produce 6 million units by the, or within the second half of this year. So they were expecting to have to produce 6 million more units due to increased demand. That's not happening anymore, and it's putting them back on pace kind of with what everybody else was expecting. Um, I think this isn't a big shock to most people. The expectation that they were going to generate more demand was a good thing for the company. So this news put them down about 1.3%. It's hard to move Apple stock. They're a massive, massive company, and they're involved in a lot of ETFs. A lot of selling would have to happen for Apple to drop a lot. But this is kind of, I think, exciting some people, assuming they might be able to pick the stock up a little bit cheaper. And it's also proving exactly what we thought, that people are not going to, and people being consumers, are not going to continue to consume like we have or they have in the past. Now, continuing on to Apple or continuing with the conversation around Apple, Apple Music will be the new sponsor of the Super Bowl halftime show. This is a multi-year deal. My guess is it's lots of money, especially you know when the Super Bowl is going to be charging Apple or the NFL is going to be charging Apple. They're going to probably charge them a little more just because they're Apple. You might as well. You're probably going to get it. Um, and what I'm going to talk about here is the confusion around Apple Music being the sponsor. Now, I understand that Apple is a big company. They can spend big money. They can, they can generate lots of attention. Um, but I feel like that's just the point. Apple does generate a lot of attention. So they're now going out to reach more people. And in 2022, 120 million viewers watched that halftime show. Let's just say, for example, in 2023, you get 150. It's 150 million people. Of that 150 million, how many of those people have iPhones already? And if they do have an iPhone already, they're probably either going to be subscribed to Apple Music or they dislike the service and they're going to have Spotify. And of the people that don't have an iPhone, they're probably going to have Spotify. And I wrote in my notes, and I'm going to read it because I think it's kind of funny, Apple Music is broadly available, but who is really using iTunes slash Apple Music on Windows, LOL. If you have a non-Apple device and you're using voluntarily iTunes and Apple Music, first off, 
kudos to you because that's an extreme stretch. Um, but I just don't feel like people are doing that. It doesn't logically make sense. It doesn't flow. Everything within Apple, which is basically a cult, flows. And it flows beautifully. I'm an Apple Music subscriber myself, and I love this service. I can listen on my Mac. I can listen on my iPhone. I can listen on my iPad. I can link it to my watch. It's great. But for people who don't have those products, they're never going to sign up for Apple Music. And so essentially, Spotify has a distribution advantage here. And Apple Music is now stretching, spending, well, Apple as a whole is now spending probably millions or billions of dollars over the course of this multi-year deal. For what? Because I feel as if the biggest distribution you have is this guy. So market this guy, not the service. That's my thought, at least. All right, next up, a whole new slew of technology, just like Apple. Amazon has released a lot of products. I'm going to kind of scroll through them and pick out the best. There's a TV. Um, there's a Fire Cube. There is this thing. I don't know what it is. Um, a new ring light for Ring. Not a ring light for TikTok. Ring, you know, like the, the doorbell service, that type of ring. Apparently, they had a robot, which I never even knew about, and it adds pet detection and other features. Um, new Echo devices, a sleep bed, bedside sleep tracker, and a new Kindle that you can actually write on. Pretty cool. The reason I bring all of this up is Amazon is continuing to do what they do best. Touch you in literally every single aspect of your life. Everywhere. Medical on your TV, on your Apple, iPhone, Amazon app, um, with Alexa, who's listening to me upstairs right now, everywhere. Amazon is trying to become in your ears, in your brain, engulfed in your body because they are a consumer-driven business and they want to make every single aspect of your life revolve around Amazon. If they can listen to you in every room, if they can be in your ear all of the time. If they can be where you get your medical needs from, they can collect the most data, they can compile the best search results for you, and they can continue to get you to consume. Now, I'm not a tin foil hat conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying Amazon wants your data. And let's just go through the list here. If they can see what you're streaming or if you're browsing the web or what, you know, what you're watching, that's a good thing for them. If they can hear what you're saying into your thing or or help you become a better consumer and navigate your Apple or sorry, Apple, your Amazon Fire TV better, that's a good thing. If they can hear your requests and speak to you and help connect your life so that you can turn your lights on, so that you can uh, make a list for your groceries and set alarms, they want to do that. If they can show on, I'm not even sure what this is. They want to be on it. Um, if they can help spot the detection of your home with a literal camera, they want to do that. If they can detect your pet and roll around your house, they can do that. So all of these products kind of circle back. And here's the best example, enhanced shopping features to Echo Show. They want to be involved in every aspect of your life. This ties back to Apple releasing new products, just as Amazon is now releasing their new products. And can consumer demand continue to keep up for Amazon, for Apple, and for the country as a whole? Overwhelmingly, I think no. But 
Amazon is Amazon and Apple is Apple. They can continue to do these type of things nonetheless. Now, moving forward, um, Chipotle will be producing a tortilla chip maker called Chippy. It makes sense. It's a good name. I'll give it to them. But I wanted to touch on three things here, three different viewpoints of what is going to be happening here with Chippy. Number one, if you're a customer, this is good. Things will flow more effectively. Your order will probably be ready on time. You can move through the line quicker. Why? Because chips will always be available and more employees will be available as a result if this goes well, of course, um, because the tortilla chip maker will be doing just that, producing tortilla chips. They don't have to have employees doing this now. As an investor, this is good. Miso Robotics is the company that's doing this. Food tech as a whole seems to be expanding. More and more companies are reaching to technology, robotics, and automation to continue to speed things up and cut costs and be able to eliminate employees. Um, So as an investor on both the restaurant and the technology side, this is a double thumbs up. Where it's not good is exactly what I just kind of spoke about is the employee side. It's good for the restaurant because they don't have to pay somebody. It's not good for that person because they're not getting paid anymore. And I wanted to continue to touch on this topic because I have touched on it in multiple other episodes before. If you want to go listen to some past episodes, there's always a a little box at the end of the video that has all of the This Week's in Finance. You can just click on that and check them out. Um, But this has been a running theme here on this, this series. More and more companies are automating people out of work. And they're doing it, especially now, because they can get their hands on technology, they can reduce costs, they can make things more efficient for the customer, all in one swoop. Companies like Panera Bread, and McDonald's, and even Starbucks, and now Chipotle, are integrating this new technology, robotics, and automation at every step of the way, because if we think about it, if the food can get produced as the customer you don't care. You just are coming into the restaurant or the, you know, the coffee shop for the food. That's what you're going there for. So if they can give you the food and pay as little people along the way as possible, that's good for the company. If it makes it faster for you, it's good for you. Again, that's good for the company because they can serve more people faster and make more money. It's good business. It's unfortunate because people will eventually kind of get pushed out of work. My hope is it doesn't happen in all one like big, clean swoop. Kind of happens slowly over time so people can retool, but this is happening. All right, what is also happening and what is terribly unfortunate, and I just want to take a quick brief second before I do talk about this. My thoughts and prayers goes out to every single individual touched or impacted by this in some way or another. This isn't political. This isn't... Um, you know, there's no agenda behind this. this. This is simply just bad. Whether it's because of anything or not, people are losing their lives. People are losing their homes. People are losing family members. And it is extremely, extremely sad. This hurricane has wrecked a ton of lives, but it has also wrecked the state of Florida and its infrastructure and its business. Florida is a tourist and retiree state, meaning elderly people for the most part are moving down there to stay down there. And other people are flying there um, to tour and to look around. A lot of damage will be done and is done to the state of Florida. It was estimated that about $45 billion of damage would be done. 
and a lot of industries disrupted. You have natural gas and oil, fertilizer, citrus, obviously oranges, travel and tourism. That's the big one. Restaurants, utilities, you name it. If the hurricane crossed its path, it's affected right now. And the unfortunate reality is that this is going to cost a lot of money to amend. $45 billion in expected damages has since kind of translated to $67 billion. There was a number when I was preparing for this episode I saw that was north of $100 billion worth of damages. I don't really have any value to add here, but it is a massive story that's happening right now and it needed to be touched on. Again, my thoughts and prayers goes out to everybody. We will keep our eye on how this affects supply chains and business um, and finance as a whole. But for the time being, there's not too much to to speak about in terms of steps forward or actionable things. It's unfortunately just pain um, and lots and lots of money really down the drain. Um, it's a poor phrase to use, but the truth. Another area um, that is experiencing some shift of money, um, trying to kind of create a, a transition here, um, is education. So we all knew about the loan forgiveness. It was a big topic for a while amongst the finance community and, and economists and people who were expecting this to make a big macroeconomic impact, and it still can because I don't believe it's fully happened yet. But we got some news today that the education department is now excluding, meaning they will no longer receive this relief. Um, they're excluding some of the people from the loan relief, in particular FFEL or Perkins loans that were not held by the education department themselves. They were commercially held will no longer qualify for forgiveness um, unless they applied for some form of consolidation before September 29th, which is today. So FFEL stands for Federal Family Education Loan Program, and the Perkins loan was a loan I think that was discontinued a while back. Uh, It mentions here this will impact 770,000 individuals. I haven't quite seen the impact, the outroar, or anything yet because this is a fresh story and I haven't really taken too much time to digest it, but I wanted to mention it here at the end of this video because it is happening right now. And the last thing that I will touch on before I let all of you get back to your days is Johnson & Johnson announcing their new consumer health company. It has been called the new consumer health company for a while, uh, feels like a year almost, I don't even know how long it's been, um, but the new business is announced, Kenview. It will be the new consumer health company. It's really all I'm going to go into for now. There will be an entire video on this topic, but again, it was breaking news and I wanted to make sure it got talked about here, but Tuesday, next Tuesday, so if you're not subscribed, hit subscribe and the bell, that way you can be notified when that video does come out. Tuesday, there will be a new video on this topic and some things about Starbucks and dividends. So if you're interested in that, the link will be down below if you're watching this after Sunday, after Tuesday, sorry. And if you're not watching this after Tuesday and you're watching it on Sunday or Monday, hit the bell, hit subscribe and hit the bell. That way you know when that video comes out. But I know this was a doozy. This was a long one. Thank you so much for sticking with it. If you did make it this far, comment down below. Kenview is going to be interesting. Just comment that. I want to see how many of you made it down here. Thank you very much for tuning in. Comment your thoughts on any of the other stories if you want to do that. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit the bell, and I will see you all in the next one. Take care.